It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Gosford Netball and really looking forward to this morning's show. In a few moments, we'll go live to Roycey Simmons, grand final hero with the Penrith Panthers from 1991 and doing a massive walk for dementia. In fact, today, he'll get the chequered flag in Bathurst as he walks down Conrod Strait. Can't wait to see that. What a legend of our game. Also, uh, 9.30 this morning, we've had three young ladies from the Central Coast. Can you believe this? They went to the inaugural Cerebral Palsy World Cup football, played in Spain. And we'll be talking to Talia Blanchard live and also Ray Anderson. They're joining us live here at Gosford Netball. A little later in the show, we'll talk Australian Swimming Championships. The great swimming coach, Graham Carroll, will join us. We've seen some world records set down in Adelaide including Zach Stubbledy Cook in the 200 metres breaststroke. And a couple of uh, local boys have won medals at the Australian Swimming Championships. Brad Woodward in the 200 metres backstroke. He finished third. And also Jimmy Kosh, who's won gold and silver in the freestyle relay event. So the 4x200 freestyle relay and also the 4x100 freestyle relay representing Sydney Uni. Hey, let's go live to a legend. And that means one thing, a standing ovation on this Saturday morning. For the great Roycey Simmons. Good morning, mate. Good morning. I'll bet you them blokes aren't standing up. I'll bet you me <laughs> No, for, for once, we, I mean, I always stand. Buttes, not so much. No, but I was standing, <laughs> Roycey, because you're worthy of it, mate. And what a fantastic thing you're doing, mate. The big walk, what is it, 300 kilometres? Yeah, it's around 300k. I, uh, I left my little town of Goolagong um, a few days back now. And on Tuesday, and uh, we walked two two k out the road, and they had about twenty bales of hay with a big sign on it, only two hundred ninety eight k to go, which was <laughs> very very encouraging. Very encouraging. Just a friendly reminder of how long to go, mate. Correct me if I'm wrong, mate, but you did something similar to this, but in fact, it was probably more significant. Uh, when you were over in the UK, did you do something along the lines of seven marathons or ten marathons in ten days or something like that? No, no, it wasn't quite that many. You know, I, um, yeah, I was coaching Hull, and we financially were we were struggling a bit, and uh, uh, I needed to purchase some players. So uh, I thought we'd we're having a few drinks one day with few of the sponsors, and I was about a hundred kilo at the time, and I said to one of them, "I run a marathon, and you might give me a few grand or something." And he said, "Why don't you run five? And I shot my mouth off while I was half full of intelligence and, uh, <laughs> and I, said, I, I, I said I'll run five and anyway he said done so anyway that's what happened so hey, I had to uh, lose a few kilo and run five marathons in five days yeah uh, wow. uh, Roycey did you say you're in a town called Goolagong yeah that's Goolagong that's me little hometown where I was where I was where I'm from actually I went to school mm. and everything up at Cowra but I uh from a little town called Goolagong, yeah. It's only about uh, 150 people there. 
We we had a little fundraiser there the other night, and I think they raised twenty one thousand. So it was, wow. everyone in town must have threw their last dollar in. So it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, just incredible, you know. I heard you on the Ray Hadley show yesterday, and you mentioned about, you know, some school kids came out, and it's a school that's got just over 20 students. So everyone's rallied behind what you're doing. Uh, and what time do you hit Bathurst this afternoon and, and get the chequered flag? Oh, we, we get into Bathurst around about lunchtime, and uh, uh, one of our short, shorter walks today. Um, so we, we get into there, then... Uh, We've got to walk down Conrod Strait and get the chequered flag, apparently. I don't think we'll be going too quick. <laughs> I got I got little Alfie Lang of the day with me and uh, Martin Lang and Johnny Cart- Johnny Cartwright. So, um, and we've oh, just had mate. to let, well, I don't know how to say this, but we've just had to take Johnny to the nearest toilet. So he's he's. <laughs> He's he's just got out of about about five k of walking, I think. Yeah, on the walk he's managed to get the run. So I don't know how that happens, but anyway, <laughs> it, isn't it amazing who's joined Roycey on this walk? Uh, so well, I, I heard Terry Lamb the other day, Cole Bentley, Freddie Fiddler, one of his original coaches. Yep. Well, yeah. Well, I was saying the other day, Terry Lamb's the only bloke I know. Uh, he was walking with Kurt Fernley, you know, and he's the only time I've ever seen a bloke in a wheelchair taller than the bloke he's walking with. <laughs> There's a little garden gnome walking with you. In fact, they're both of you side by side of little garden gnomes. What are you talking yeah. about? Uh, <laughs> mate, I got, I, got a, I got at least half an inch on land. Oh, yeah, yeah, mate. Isn't that amazing that he raised 21000 in his small hometown? It's just incredible, isn't it, how, how generous people are yeah. at a time when, you know, the cost of living has gone up. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Butes, next yeah, question. Mate... Uh, yeah, go, go ahead, Roycey. Go ahead, mate. I was just saying, yeah, it's, it's blown me away, mate, out out here and uh, just, you know, walking along, you know, the, the money that different towns are, are putting in and uh, just the, you know, the people just driving alongside the roads, tooting horns and blowing horns and pulling up and handing 20s and 10s and 50s through the, the window and all that sort of thing. It's it's just, you know, it's outstanding. The support we've, we've got out here and, and I'm... We're going to finish off in the, in Penrith, obviously. We're there. They've been outstanding before we even left the town. You know, all the support and sponsorship and so on we've got from around there. So it's just been fantastic, yeah. My, my understanding is this uh, all goes towards dementia. Is that right, Laroisi? Give us a bit of a background, mate, as to why you're actually yeah, doing mate, this and how it come about, mate. Well, well, uh, I was diagnosed with dementia and uh, obviously, you know... Uh, feeling a bit sorry for myself sitting around for a few months and uh, after having to tell the family and everything and uh, then I thought why don't I do something positive and uh, I got that from Mark Hughes all up you know I was, I was thinking what all the hard work Mark Hughes has done and all yep. the outstanding work he's done for brain cancer so I thought why don't I do something so we decided to do this walk from my little hometown of Goolagong and finish on a game day at uh, in a, in a Penrith, so to you know, and uh, the, the money we, the money block we've earned through you know all different sponsors and everything to take us along and and uh, the way and so we're going to do. We've had various functions before we even left Sydney. Uh, so Mary's Leagues Club, we had a function. Loser Venevic from Cave had a function at um, mm. you know on the harbour. Uh, uh, the Royce, which is retirement village at Penrith, it. Uh, you know, it's put in 
you know, a major sponsorship. A mate of mine from Cara, um, you know, Cara Meats, he's put in the sponsorship. Hertz, you know, have been fantastic sponsorship too. And uh, I, I won't name, I'll end up forgetting someone, so I won't name <laughs> it. But, it's all, but, it's, but it's, all, it's all good. But, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the money that we earn along the way at all the various places were given straight back to the junior leagues. So we're uh, not taking the money out of the town, you know. Uh, yep. Along the way, you know they've had they've had droughts, then floods, then COVID. You know, there's a little towns of battling, you know, to support their their various sports and, and and along the way. So we're giving all the money we earn on them nights straight back to the to the junior leagues, uh, and uh, you know we're 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 making as well on top of that awareness for dementia, and we're we're making you know. We're hoping to make half a million out of wow. uh, for dementia. Well, we we think we're, you know, we think we're going to make a lot more than that right now. So, um, you know, so uh, we're going good with that. But at the same time, we're supporting the junior rugby league in them areas as well. Yeah, yeah incredible. Uh, we're hey, hey, you, we're can I just ask? Can, can can I ask a question? Did you guys cross over? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Roycey was my assistant coach at West Tigers. There had him for two years, and uh, uh, apparently Roycey. Uh, I was part of the reason why the Tigers won in 2005. I dug the well um, back in 03 and 04, and then obviously they went on to bigger and better things and just drank from it. Is that correct? I, or have I, you forgotten all that? I think, I your, I think I put your career back a couple of years, mate. No, mate, you know what? I'm I, lo- sure I, I love you, the. F- I'm sure. I'm sure a slow little fat hook could give you a lot of intelligence. <laughs> mate, you know what? What I love about the fact is what's been raised in the community. He's staying in the community. Yes. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. You touched on a, a guy there who I think has been very generous um, in that Penrith region for a long time now, Lou Zivanovic, uh, and his company, Cave uh, Constructions. He's done an amazing job, mate, and obviously uh, a, a long friend of yours, And but, you know, it goes beyond that. Yeah. I, 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 Lou already reminds me of this. So I, I said to Lou one day, uh, while well, I haven't, you know, sitting over a drink one day, and I said to him, mate, we'll always make sure we look after our own. In other words, you know, people in the Penrith district or or players we've played with over the years, we make sure we jump in behind and support them and yep. anything. And I said it, and Lou done it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, mate, clearly, clearly he's and, done it because he's, he's built a bloody nursing yeah. home for you, so he's done a fabulous job yeah, there yeah. as well. Hey, yeah, can I ask? So, could I ask one more question about dementia? Were you actually diagnosed quite young? I was just reading an article on the ABC website. So when were you first diagnosed? Because you, you assume oh. it's like an old person's... It, it, it afflicts old people more than anyone else. Well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm 63 now. So, um, yeah, so I, I think I'm probably uh, younger than most people who are diagnosed with it. But children can get it. You, you And... You know, all ages can get it. So uh, that's what I'm trying to make everywhere aware of. But, uh, you know, we you know, we talk about women, you know, and and we've, everyone's worked very hard in the past of, you know, making sure women have got, uh, you know, uh, better pay and, and equal rights and all that. And, and that's uh, been tremendous. And we've all worked hard together to make sure women are treated so much better. But end of the day... It's the, this is the biggest killer of women in the world. And wow. So, well, let's let's get in and fix that up. Let's go again, you know, and the second biggest killer of men. So, 
I'm just trying to. I've got to be careful how you know we put everything did, into order. But it, did it's you so say women important. are the biggest, like the biggest second biggest killer of women? Are men? Or Big, biggest, no. biggest kill, yeah, biggest killer of women in the world, yep. and the second biggest killer of men. Wow, so phenomenal. you know, and uh, you know, people don't realise it because most people who get it, um, obviously, um, you know, are pretty quiet about it and sort of, you know, and and uh, you know, going. So you don't get to see them too much or hear too much about it. So, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, we've got to be aware this this is a terrible disease, and we and we've got so many young doctors working so hard on it, and and so many people in the industry that work so hard. But you know, we need to give them more support, and uh, hey. that's what I'm just trying to make everyone aware of. Yeah, Royce, you've done a fabulous job. Can I ask you one question about your old footy team uh, before we let you go? Because we've taken up enough of your precious time. So they blow Melbourne off the park last week. 32-6 to six up at the Magic Round. Mm. Really, it could have been 50-6 to six the way they played. They were superb. And tonight, wow, what a game up against the Roosters. Big Sydney clash on a Saturday night. What are your thoughts about your old team? Because, you know, they're the reigning premiers. But they're just next level when they flick the switch. Yeah, look, the main thing about these boys, look, they're look. We all know what a great side they are, but they're a tremendous mob of young boys. They're they're, they're so good out in the community. You know, if, if I ask them to jump in and help with anything about what I'm doing right now, you know, they'd be hundred percent behind you. They're just a good mob of young boys who, who like, you know, who. Who really enjoy their football, and, but and uh, but know when it's time to switch switch on and yeah. switch off. You know they, yeah, yeah. I see them walking across the car park with a boombox or whatever they call it now, playing music, <laughs> yelling to themselves. And the next thing they just switch on when they walk onto the training field. You know, and, uh, but even then when they're out and they've, they've got the boombox going in the background too. But they they really I, they really enjoy themselves in there. They're a mob of good young gentlemen, they are. Mate, they reckon the 300k, you've had nothing but the boombox going. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know too much about the boomboxes, mate. I just, I, I, <laughs> the only thing you know, mate, is the jukebox. Roycey, have you, have you got a favourite player? Have you got a favourite player among the Penrith, Penrith team? Oh, mate, I, I, I like Mr Yo a bit. He's, he's a, oh, he's a yeah. dubbo boy out my way. He's, mate, I... I think he's as good as any forward I've ever played or seen or mm. done. You know, he, he can do so many things. Like on the field, he, he can ball play as good as most players. You know, yeah. he, he can carry he carries the ball every week about 150 metres over your bandage line. He got the ability to offload. He, he's playing at, at tight forward now, but he can play left side of the field. He can play right second row, left second row, and in state of origin. He's gone and played in the centres at, yeah. at various times. We, he, you name another forward who can do that. I don't know too many of them. Yeah, you know what, mate? It's funny. I, I know a lot of it focuses around Nathan Cleary and what he does. But for me, uh, Yo is one of those players who is such an integral part of that Penrith side. And, and you know what? His record, record clearly indicates that. I think he's got something of his last 60 games they've won something like 55 games. So it's pretty yeah. clear and apparent what he means to that side. Yeah. And you're right, mate. In terms of his skill level uh, and the skill set that he has, it's almost second to none in terms of comparing yeah. him yeah. to any other player in the competition. Hey, uh, Roycey, uh, how do we go about... Mate, 
I was just going to say defensively, he, does, he doesn't miss any tackles. He too. doesn't miss. Look, we all yep. know how good Nathan is. We don't have to talk about that. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't think um, he gets the raps that he deserves. Uh, my mate, I call him Mr. Yo. Yeah, the, the, the good judges, the good judges know how good he is. Yeah, yeah. Royce, uh, yeah. if we want to donate, how do we go about it uh, to your cause? Just go to roycesbigwalk.com.au and donate. And, and thanks very much. It's a great cause. What do anyone who does it? And uh, thank you if you do. And if yeah, you good on you, Royce, mate. Standing over you. Standing over, mate. I'm actually going to stand up this time, mate. I'm actually going to get out of my seat. Well, well done, mate. Right, You're an absolute man. champion. Well. I'm going to walk down here with Alfie Langer, and I won't know if he's standing up or sitting down. <laughs> there it is. Another, another couple of garden gnomes walking away. Get that uh, boom thanks, box boys. going, mate. Champion. Well, well done, right, mate. mate. The great, the great Roycey Simmons, our first wow. guest this morning. How good, Buttes. What a champion guy. He's, he was my assistant coach at West Tigers, and you know what? He's such a character, and, you know, the... You know, we remember him from the 91 grand final when he said, I want to have a beer with each and every one. And you know what? Yeah. He stuck to that. I'll tell you right now. And he's still going today. And, you know, to do what he does. And you know what? We hear what he did over in the UK, right? Ran five marathons <laughs> in five days because he had to get some players, right? Yeah. This is what he does. And he's so giving with the community. He's so embraced within that Penrith community. And he still works with them, you know, to this day because he, yeah. you know, does a lot of the corporate stuff. He's just a character. Two words for you. Outstanding? No. No. <laughs> People's champion. Yeah, mate, without a shadow of a doubt. Without yeah. an absolute shadow of a doubt. He's one of the greatest men in the game that we have. Saturdays on the coast, uh, the McDonald Jones Home Open Line. So call us this morning, 1300-42-1533, or the text line, 0477-736-736. How are you feeling if you're a Manly fan? Oh. What, a, what a game of footy that was <laughs> last night. But Mitchell Moses sensational sideline conversion but social media absolutely blew up last night a couple of really contentious decisions in the last couple of minutes no doubt about it and don't worry the night before the newcastle brisbane game oh my goodness we have gone back they've changed the whole rules when it comes to obstruction yeah because yeah. it changed the game so so what are your thoughts about the gag eye no try uh give us your thoughts this morning on the mcdonald jones homes open line live from gosford netball saturdays on the coast on sen robson civil with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au bj house metal land the coast's tradies choice for tools steel gas visit bjhouse.com.au you're listening to saturdays on the coast Welcome back. We're live at Gosford Netball and loving Saturday morning netball. In fact, Buttes, when I left home this morning, down the end of my street, there's junior soccer or yes. football. Sounded like the FA Cup was taking place <laughs> down there. So much excitement. Drove through Arimba. There was a game of junior football on there. Then I hit Gosford and there's golfers out nice and early, pretty dewy on the uh, fairways. Yep. And I saw a monster putt for a birdie. Uh, I looked to my left. I saw... Hundreds and hundreds of junior tennis players mm. uh, in action first thing on this Saturday morning. And then you arrive at netball and have a look how good it is. A hive of activity. I've got to say, Steve, she's a little bit fresh out here today. Yeah. And the girls are in their skirts and their singlets or tunics. Is that what you'd call it? I, uh, a tunic. A tunic. Is that what you'd call it? I don't know. But whatever it is. It's a netball uniform. 
which I've got to say, there's got to be some undergarments going on under those well, uh, things. I, I heard your expertise last week with the IRBs, the oh. inflatable rescue boats. Yeah, I was all over it, mate, all over it. They were, juic- <laughs> they were juicing them up, I'm telling you. Hey, so, uh, by the way, we'll talk some swimming later in the show, the Australian Championships. Hear about Ariana Titmus. She's a fraction of a second of bre- off breaking the world record in the women's 200. Stubbity Cook, he got the world record the other day and yeah. absolutely smashed, I think, yeah. five seconds he was ahead of his nearest rival. Well, first swimmer to go under 206 in the 200 breaststroke. Tipness, a 153.31. Molly O'Callaghan in second place, 154.94. And Matty Wilson, third, 155.86. Mm. And as I mentioned before, a couple of medals for Central Coast athletes, including Brad Woodward, who's been to the Commonwealth Games... I'll watch closely. He's in the 100 backstroke tomorrow, so hopefully he makes the team. But yep. one and two are automatic qualifiers, so there's no guarantee if you finish third. So good, good luck to Brad Woodward. Hopefully you can pull something out of the bag and get on that team for Birmingham later in the year. Yeah, it'd be a, a great performance. And obviously Cody Simpson, who uh, coming third. Yeah. But apparently... Who was the guy that comes second? Chalmers. Yeah, Kyle Chalmers. Kyle Chalmers, who now wants to race. And, and in the Telegraph today, <laughs> there's, in the Telegraph today, there's something about a love triangle. Mm. Like uh, Emma McKeon is in the middle of these two guys. Oh wow. Okay. So <laughs> you, you know what, mate? I look at it and I go, you know, it's Kyle Chalmers, right? If he wants to swim in that race and compete at the World Championship, I yeah. don't. Th- I don't think you should give up a spot in the World Championship, right? I honestly believe it. I don't understand why you would even consider not competing in that event if you've qualified actually did you hear him the other night where he was saying it's not my fault if i destroy someone's dream i'm here to win and i want to compete in that event actually if we're talking swimming we need talia blanchard on the air asap yeah superstar swimmer she's going to talk some football but no one knows more about swimming she was our expert through the tokyo olympics and paralympics come on talia don't be shy buttes uh let's get your thoughts on friday night footy or let's get your thoughts on thursday night footy i know you said about the nights you feel like they were robbed, but Brisbane make it five in a row. Look, they Brisbane did a great job. Without Adam Reynolds, they were fantastic, right? And I've got no problem with everything that happened in that game and the way they, you know, were able to, you know, show that resilience. Um, you know what? They're a good young side, and to do it without Adam Reynolds was massive. For me, there was the ruling there uh, on the Cobo try, um, where if that happens ten metres out from the try line, every day of the week that, that is an obstruction, right? The uh, uh, Ricky Jordan sort of holds up Clune, and, and it was enough. I know he was able to get there and he missed the tackle, but nevertheless, it was enough. There was an obstruction there, and every time we've seen it over the last five, six years, and whether I agree or disagree with it, they have called it up as an obstruction. On this occasion, they decided not to. Floodgates open up, Newcastle out of contest. It was 14-12 at the time, and Newcastle were you know well and truly in the contest. For me, I, look, I don't know what the media backlash has been on it, uh, and I don't care to be well, honest. There, there, there's been plenty. There's been plenty, and, well, and not, justifiably not, so. Not just with that, but also with the uh, the Parramatta Sea Eagles game. We'll talk more about that. Actually, yeah, I just want to cry this morning. Uh, hand me the Kleenex. Sounds like Tommy Turbo's season is over, and he had his best game of the year by a mile last night. And yeah, I really do feel like in the last couple of minutes, Manly were robbed. Yep, I saw him striding out. And, you know, there was discussions last week whether he's on one leg or whether his knee's got a problem. No, no, no. You know what? He was striding out and he was looking good. Now, you know, if that's the end of his season, then that's not only a big loss for Manly, and you can basically write off their season, to be honest with you. Uh, and I hate to say that, that it's based around one player, but, 
you know, we know what he did last year and how good he was. Um, New South Wales, they have got some serious injury uh, injury concerns. Turbo gone. Cam Murray is in doubt. Um, Latrell Mitchell is out. Like, there's three absolute superstars uh, that are going to struggle and make your side at the moment. Um, or they won't be there. Simple as that. Cam Murray might push for a spot if he's, you know, can get the surgery and whatever else in time. But outside of that, the Blues have got some serious concerns. And hopefully they've got the depth, and I think they do have the depth to be able to cope with that. But Queensland will be rubbing their hands together at the moment. Yeah, Butza, we're off to the news. Can you see these two ladies to our left? Uh, Waiting patiently back from finishing runners-up at the inaugural Cerebral Palsy Football World Cup. What an amazing that, achievement. I want to hear their Spanish. Aha, in, yo no so marinero. <laughs> it's the only part of Spanish. Isn't that a song? Yes, that's from La Bamba. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yo no so marinero. All right, uh, Richie Valens, eat your heart out. Yep. Uh, off to the news. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, we're live at Gosford Netball and just chatting off the air with two superstars who are back from Spain, mm. representing Australia at the inaugural Cerebral Palsy World Cup. Ray Anderson, who's been to winter and summer Paralympics. The for, uh, second female only to ever do that. Yeah. yeah and seventh, seventh in total, yes. Gee, what about Buttes? He's uh, done his research for, for Ray Anderson. Yeah, yeah, my memory's there. And now a uh, para Matilda. And also Talia Blanchard, who's been playing this sport since around about 2018. I'm thinking standing oh, Buttes, standing ovation. And uh, let's start with Talia. So is that correct? It started around about 2018? Um, yeah, uh, 2018, I went to a common try day, not really expecting a lot out of it. I didn't have shin pads or boots. I just rocked up. But uh, the girls I met there, many of them were also on that team for the Paramatildas that went off to Spain. And I just fell in love with it that day and have been playing football ever since. Hey, so we've done numerous stories on you, Talia, on swimming. Uh, you know that amazing race you had down in Adelaide where you raced by yourself and I think you missed out on the team by like a, a fraction of a second, like a fingernail. Uh, why haven't you told us? Where's the scoop that you're playing football? Yeah, um, for football, there wasn't originally a pathway there. So I loved it and I was always playing it, just kind of hoping that one day that would come up. But um, this really just happened so quickly. The team only launched eight weeks ago and that was where it really, really began. Tell me about the experience girls going over to Spain and competing in the inaugural you know, World Cup, like it's just phenomenal to be a part of something that, especially in its infancy, to be a part of that is pretty damn awesome. Yeah, well, like Tali was saying, the team only just started recently. I think on the 9th of March, uh, I was told that <laughs> Kel, our head coach, was selected to take us over. Like, that's when it really started. Um, so it wasn't until I got home from Beijing that uh, Georgia Beekoff, our our captain, um, chased me down and asked me to come to the, the tryouts for the team. <laughs> Um, what are you just the all-rounder? Just yeah. give her a call. Yeah, yeah. We've got a team. We've got a cerebral palsy <laughs> team. Call Ray Anderson. She's the poster girl for the sport. 100% she is. Wow. Um, no, I jumped at it. Um, you know, it's a team sport. Yeah. These girls are incredible. Going over there, 
to Spain to a whole you know another country to to experience the World Cup together was incredible. Hey, just on Georgia Bykoff, like she's an absolute superstar, isn't she? Striker. I think at one stage early in the tournament, she'd already found the back of the net on about nine occasions. Can you elaborate for us? Yeah, Georgia is an incredible player. Uh, she has kind of been really the rock that's been a massive part in this team even happening. Her heart has always been for football and she's always been the one that's pushed us to keep training and coming together even when there wasn't talk of a World Cup even happening. So it was incredible to get to see her finally taking that stage and getting to score all those goals. It was amazing. Yeah, I was on LinkedIn last night and I saw a post from, is it Charlotte Ursel? Uh, yeah, our, co- our um, assistant coach. Yeah, 10 days, five countries, five games. Devastated to have lost the World Cup grand final against the USA 4-2, but so incredibly proud of the Para Matildas and amazed at how resilient all the players and staff have been during this time. So who else is involved that deserves credit? Oh, literally our whole team, our medical team, Poor Doc. <laughs> I had quite the run with all of us. We all had something going on, whether it was injuries or flus or I think one girl got gastro. But, um, yeah, we just had so many incredible uh, physios and, um, you know, the team, the management as well. Um, you know, Kim being an ex-Matilda um, herself, uh, well, always a Matilda, um, being one of the, the goalies. So she was really quite a, a guiding for us as well. I want to talk about girls, that, the performance throughout the rounds, like 12-0 victory over the Netherlands, 4-0 over Japan, 11-0 over Spain. Like, you were very comprehensive. And obviously, you come up to, against the USA where you had a, a loss to them uh, in the rounds. But um, It's a good point, though, Butte. It's like, I wonder if they had any idea that they would be so, so good. Yeah, so dominant. Well, yeah, when Georgia kind of pushed me to join the team, I, I really want to jump at it because I, I see the quality in these girls. I, I knew what sort of athletes everyone in Australia could be that was selected for the team. I actually laughed at the coaches when they asked me to come along <laughs> just because I knew how talented all these girls were. Um, but, you know, I wasn't necessarily picked for my skills. It was also for my experience and how I could support these girls. So to go over there and to do as well as they did, I- I'm not surprised. Hey, so that's a very good point. Talia, do you feel like Ray is just a natural leader to come into the group? Most definitely. Um, she, I don't think she even realises how much of a leader she is. And to come into a sport that she wasn't previously really involved in and just take it on the way she did, she definitely helped me so much. I was very lucky to have her as my roommate. Hey, ah. you, you played central defender, is that correct? And also, can you tell our listeners... So watching the highlights again last night, it's on a smaller field, less players. Is that correct? So how does the format work? Yeah, so we play five-a-side. The goal will hopefully be one day to move to seven-a-side, but we did drop to five just to try and get as many countries there at the World Cup as possible. Um, We often just play quite similar setups to you might see in a futsal game um, but 
then there's some differences because obviously it's still outdoor soccer. So there was a lot of switching positions, um, but then there was also a lot of just trying to space out people and cover as much that field as possible. Uh, Ray, it looks like everything that we love about sport played in the true spirit. Uh, some of the teams look like you know, some of their players were really struggling. And I mean really struggling with their cerebral palsy. Is, is that fair to say? Like, uh, I think there was one goalkeeper in particular where it's really hard to get any kind of lateral movement. Yeah, for sure. I think the awesome thing about this sport in particular is that it does cater for basically all types of CP. Um, with classification, as I explained before, we all had to be tested before we went into the game to be given a number between one and three. Uh, both Tyler and I are considered one, so that is the most affected. And then that goes up to two to three. So we had two... Two threes and the rest were were uh, twos. Um, so the idea is to have at least one of us on the field at all times, and then we can, if we need to, have a three on as well. So, really does try and. So did they have out. like a, a sc- not a scoring, but a. a, a- a point system that you can have a maximum number or a minimum number of Yeah, points. so they do that for wheelchair rugby and yep. um, wheelchair basketball. But for us, so long as we have a one in the field, um, we can have the rest of them can twos. And if we do have a three, we can play them as well. Just gotcha. has to be a one on at all times. So they would normally be the goalies. Hey, yeah. uh, girls, stay with us. Uh, we're off to a commercial break here. And uh, we want to continue the conversation. Also want to ask Talia about the swimming, even though... Uh, your coach is coming on, Graham Carroll, uh, a little later in the show. But uh, so much to talk about, about what's happening down in Adelaide. AFL as well. Uh, we'll have Corey Shackleton join us. Mm. Kalani Vale, undefeated in 2022. They take on Terrigal later on today. And Terrigal, a rare loss last week against Cardiff. So we'll find out more about that. What a blockbuster that is. Uh, It'll be a long time since Kalani Vale's knocked off Terrigal. Yeah, right. Okay. You, you love it's going to be a big game. You love a local derby, don't you? I, I guess the big thing for Terrigal is they're probably not going to lose two games in a row that often. All right? So they're going to come back. They're going to be hurting after last week. Yeah, but the Bombers, they could be the real deal in 2022. Simon Smythe's coming back. Uh, he was good last week. Yeah. He's outstanding. Yeah, because uh, last night, uh, it's the Sir Doug Nichols round. So you'll see a lot of the Indigenous jumpers. Yep. We've got the uh, Dream Time at the G. Oh, how big is that tonight? That's uh, Essendon versus Richmond. What a game that is. Whoa. And last night, Carlton, the Navy Blues, they're up and about. They're sitting third on the ladder. They defeated the, defeated the Sydney Swans last night. Nine goals, second quarter. Incredible. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Gosford Netball, and thanks to the club, Belinda Beresford, who's lined this up. Also, our dear friend, Rebecca Rodwell. A little later in the show, we'll have Nerida Stewart join us, the coach mm-hmm. of the Australian men's team. And incredible win by the New South Wales Swifts earlier this week against the Lightning. That was away from home by one goal, and it really became a two-point shootout. You know the long bomb now, Buttes? Yes, I do. The super shot in Nepal brought in a new dimension to the game of Nepal, as has the two-point field goal in rugby league. Like, suddenly you're still in the, with a chance and a hope 
Uh, with minimal time left. Uh, I'm, I'm glad my beautiful wife, Sharon, she packed an, an additional jacket this morning. Oh, uh, it's cold. We're in the wind tunnel. It's fresh here. It's very fresh. And I'm glad I brought a jacket as well. I'm trying to keep myself as warm as possible. And I'm not doing a good job. Yeah, sitting alongside is Talia Blanchard, Ray Anderson. They're back from the Cerebral Palsy World Cup of Football in Spain. Hey, Talia, uh, it's amazing that you're able to speak to us this morning. You've had so many surgeries. Uh, can you... Explain a little about what's happened to you. Uh, it's been a fairly tumultuous time. Uh, yeah, so I have had multiple surgeries on my jaw recently, uh, with the first one being in March and the most recent one only being about two and a half weeks before we flew out to Spain. Um, I have a cleft palate and then also due to... My CP, I had a few issues with my jaw that really needed to be fixed. And unfortunately with COVID, that my appointments got pushed back a little bit. So it was really incredible to even make it to Spain. And I spent a lot of time thinking I wouldn't make it. Um, but I really valued every single moment there and I just felt like it was such a privilege to even get to play. Yeah, we loved uh, getting to know you last year during the Olympics and the Paralympics and we're so proud of you and mm. uh, how incredibly tough is Talia Blanchard. Oh, mate. These girls amaze me. Like, seriously. Like, you got surgery on your jaw and all these things but you still go out there and compete and, you know, if it's not soccer, it's swimming and if, you know, with Ray, if it's not soccer, it's... it's going down the slopes at about 100 kilometres an hour. That, that or, would be giant slalom. Yeah, yeah, giant. Or it's, you know, throwing a javelin or a discus or a shot put, whatever it may be. Like, it's just phenomenal what you girls are able to do. And, you know, to do it at the highest level is just amazing. I have the so, utmost respect. So what's next with football? Uh, next for football, we have the national championships coming up at the end of September. Uh, so... There'll be teams from every state and a few states will be sending multiple teams this year. So I'm really excited to see some more female representation at that. Yeah, I tell you, you're flying the flag. So this was the inaugural tournament. So you guys are the pioneers of this sport for cerebral palsy in Australia and for all the young ladies that will follow. Well done. Uh, there, There is a young lady who can't join us this morning. I think she might be based in Perth now. Uh, this is Caitlin Smith. So, Ray, you guys were both in the Danica Clark Foundation together. Caitlin was scholarship holder number 56. If I scroll back, you're scholarship holder number 42. Yes. And surrounding you is scholarship holder number 38, Nicola McDermott. Who? 37 is Riley Fitzsimmons. Jai Opatire is 35. Who are these guys <laughs> that you speak of? So, <laughs> I tell you, you came through. Talk about the cream rising. Abby Wilcox is around mm. your time. Scholarship yeah. holder, 48. Brad Woodward, 49. But tell me more about Caitlin Smith. So, she was your goalkeeper? Yeah, Caitlin was incredible. Um, she, you know, being a goalie, they do tend to um, tell us what's going on on the field, the court behind, uh, field court. Oh, my gosh, I'm still struggling with this. They keep pulling me up for this. I keep saying court <laughs> so little. Um, <laughs> but, no, she just did an amazing job, um, you know, t directing us where to go, um, both on and off the field, I, I feel. Um, yeah, she was just incredible. She really knew her stuff about football um, and – really didn't let a goal in until that last game with America, which was incredible to watch. Was yeah. named uh, goalie of the tournament as well. Oh, wow. Oh. Yes. Amazing. Incredible. So has she been around football as long as you have, Talia? 
Uh, yeah, Caitlin also attended that Come Try Day back in 2018. Um, she's also just been involved in football locally for many years before she head off to Western Australia. Um, but she wasn't always in a goalkeeper position. Uh, but she really just took on that role and was just incredible. I said to a lot of my friends that our team had the best goalkeeper in the world and a lot of people thought I was joking around and exaggerating, but she definitely deserved getting that title of goalkeeper of the tournament, especially after scoring two goals herself. <laughs> what about, um, just correct me if I'm wrong here, but the New South Wales side of this national championships is going to have three Central Coast girls playing in it. Is that correct? Are you girls going to be competing at the national championships? Uh, well, I guess hopefully um, I would love to get to attend nationals and I'm sure Ray would love to be coming along as well. Um, last time nationals was held was back in 2019 yep. uh, and I actually played for... Uh, the ACT in that championships. Um, so it would be great to get to play for New South Wales this time. Um, but I think trials for that will be coming up shortly. So I guess keep a lookout. Well, that's going to be a tough one for you, isn't it, Ray? Uh, deciding what you do moving forward because obviously you're a massive chance of meddling at the next Winter Olympics. Yeah, that was, was the plan. <laughs> um, I don't know. Obviously, winter sports is really expensive. To do that for another quad uh, last season cost me 20 grand. So to try and do that for another four years, that will add up. Um, so it's really down to finding a sponsor to cover that. Otherwise, soccer. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of the sports you do, they're individual. So yes. for once, for the first time, you've got to be a part of a team. And that must be something you'll cherish for the rest of your life. 100%. That was, um, you know, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to try out for this team. Um, just because I knew all these girls were incredible individually, but to put them together and to be able to go overseas and compete with them um, was something that I, I didn't want to miss out on and was super lucky to be a part of it. How many of these girls have multiple sports they participate in? Were there other girls in your team that had been to the Olympics or Paralympics? Yeah, so for a lot of us, um, soccer was our first taste of sport. For me, uh, soccer was my first sport after all my surgeries. It was the first time I could start playing um, any sort of you know, uh, weekend sports. Um, and that was the case for Georgia Beekoff as well. Her first love was soccer. Um, but she herself is a, a Paralympian in Javelin as well, a bronze medalist in London. Um, so for both of us, it wasn't a, a chance, an opportunity for us to pursue soccer. Um, and we, if we wanted to get involved in para sports, it had to be by other means, certainly individual sports. So that's how we both fell into athletics. Hey, guys, around about one minute left here. So uh, on behalf of uh, Buttes and myself, congratulations on everything you achieved. Anyone else you want to give a final shout-out to uh, this morning? Ray, shaking her head. How about you, Talia? Uh, I just want to continue that shout out to the whole team because there are obviously 10 of us that got the opportunity to head over to Spain but there's so many other athletes that have been in our training camps or have been coming along to come and try days and I really hope that more people will learn about CP football and will know that it's an opportunity for them to pursue because even though they may not even be involved yet. 
this is the future of football and they're going to carry the sport for many years to come. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, standing ovation, well done, Ray. Did well you have, have a couple of final words, Ray? I think she beat me to it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Jeremy Boyce is uh, part of the Pararoos. He's also a Central Coast player. Um, so, yeah, I was about to say the exact same thing as Talia, just shouting out to all the future players. There's certainly a, a legacy on the Central Coast, and to have a few more come through would be incredible. Yeah, so nice to see you. We're off to the news. Uh, Talia Blanchard and Ray Anderson from the Cerebral Palsy Australian World Cup team, the Para Matildas. Uh, news is next. Then we're going to talk some AFL with Simon Smythe and Corey Shackleton, the coach of Kalani Val Bombers. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, we're live at Gosford Netball. Uh, by the way, Butte, uh, yes. my daughter Talia, she'll uh, play here later on today. She ah. always played in the Wyong District Netball Association, but now playing at Gosford with a bunch of her friends, and uh, her game is around about 2.30 this afternoon. Is that why you got the pom-poms in the car and what have yeah, you? Yeah, I'm ready for action. You're ready, mate? Yeah, Cheering I, and I, like, I like to give some Churchillian-style speeches. I like to drag them in with a whiteboard. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. Hey, uh, Talia, I, I love that conversation off the air. Butes, can you pick it up? Yeah, so, we were talking about yeah. the you know, surgery on the jaw and what have you, and also about the, the World Championships and the Commonwealth Games and, and which way to go. But first of all, I want to touch on the jaw, and you actually had to have both sides of your jaw broken, um, and you were basically had your mouth wired together for the week and a half leading up to that trip away. Yeah, so I had my jaw broken in multiple places for this surgery and had multiple plates and pins put in. Um, I had my mouth wired shut for most of March and um, then was able to move to elastics, but it didn't really grant much more movement. Um, so even playing over there, I still had my elastics in and had my surgical splint in, but that's why it's just so incredible to me that I even had that opportunity to head over there. Yeah, Talia Blanchard is the toughest person oh. that I know. She's the stone cold, <laughs> yeah. stone cold if, Steve Austin. If I was uh, tortured by the KGB, I'd give up secrets within 20 <laughs> seconds. But Talia, she's oh. gone a whole month. Mate, a whole month. And hey, her parents were happy. Now, I quickly, really happy. before we talk AFL, I quickly want to get to some of the swimming with Talia. So... Off oh. the air, Talia was talking about um, Zach's double cook. That, that's been the highlight for you, world record. Yeah, I think Zach's swim was absolutely incredible. It was great to see him break that world record and absolutely smash that event. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do on the world stage. I want to put to you, Talia, and we spoke about this off air, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but you've got the world championships and you've got the Commonwealth Games coming up and... You know, there's discussions around swimmers having to choose one or the other. What for you would take greater pleasure as an athlete competing at the World Championships and having success there or competing at the Commonwealth Games and having success there? Yeah, I think here in Australia, um, we hold the Commonwealth Games to a pretty high standard. It's pretty important to us. Um, but as we were talking about, like um, in some events, that does mean that 
potentially some of those top-ranked athletes from those events aren't part of the Commonwealth. So uh, in some cases it is an easier medal opportunity, but it by no means is an easy competition. Um, so I think that world championships would be a pretty hard push, but... Yeah, I think for the sake of what we respect here in Australia, the Commonwealth Games is a pretty high title to be able to say if you've been there. What would you go for? What would you go for? If you put on the spot, you had one chance. <laughs> either competing at the World Championships or the Commonwealth Games, you're a chance of meddling in both. What are you going for? You know, um, even just thinking about that with just how we discuss things in Australia and with how often world champs come around versus Commonwealth Games only once every four years, I think I'd take that opportunity at Commonwealth Games and mm. be able to hold on to that claim. Um, so if I ever had that opportunity, I would absolutely run with it. I'm yeah. going world championship, mate. You're, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a champion of the world. Champion of the world. That's what I want to be. Yeah. Champion of the world. How about you, Ray? You want to be champion of the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Com Games is pretty fun. Like, with World Champs, you're in, the, in a hotel. So I think there's a bit more of a an experience to be had with the Commonwealth Games, for sure. Yeah. What about oh, Ray true. Anderson? She's been to the Channel 9 dentist. She has got the <laughs> most... Have a look at the pearly whites. Now, let's get to... <laughs> let's get to the coach of the top of, t top of the table team in the Hunter Central Coast AFL competition. Corey Shackleton's been waiting patiently on the line. And Shack. This afternoon, it's on, baby. Bombers up against Terrigal Evoca Panthers. Uh, blockbuster clash. And your team travelling well, mate, undefeated so far in 2022. Yeah, hey, Steve. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a good start so far. A bit, bit disrupted, but, uh, you know, four wins you know, from four starts. So we, you definitely can't complain about that. And then, like you said, today is the, the big blockbuster one. It's the one that, you know, we get to really see where, we're, where we sit against, you know, who's been the benchmark of the comp for probably a decade. So, yeah, really excited. Shaq, I've got to say, mate, I look at when I do my tips for the rugby league, I always look at teams like, you know, the Storm, uh, the Panthers, um, even to some extent, you know, the Sharks now and, and what have you. And I look at them and when they've, got, when they've been beaten the week before, I never back against them the following week because I just feel that they're a side or they're the teams that always fight back. And I dare say Terrigal will be one of those sides for you guys this weekend, uh, despite your impressive start of the season, you're going into this game with no doubt about it that this is going to be uh, a mighty battle. Oh, absolutely. I, when we've seen the results coming through last week, it was one of the first things that exactly sprung to my mind is you know, as tough as they are to beat, you know, all of a sudden, I don't think they would have lost back-to-back, -back, I don't know, since I was a kid. So it's, um, <laughs> it, it just feels like, like you said, that they're going to lift and they're a pretty proud football club and they're really well coached and well drilled. So... I think that was just, if anything, just a shot in the arm, and they always they always raise for the local derby. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an absolute, you know, just a cracker today. So it'll be, the boys are pretty keen and excited, and yeah, it's going to be tough. Someone told me it was at Hilton Moor, but I see on the website, is it actually at Adelaide Street Oval? Yeah, it is. It was just a choose of the wet weather and ground availabilities, and there's been a whole range of shuffles just to the draw and. Adelaide Street was probably in a little bit better better shape, so we just mutually agreed that we just swap the fixture and uh, just kind of help us get a better quality game on because, yeah, the grounds are... We're struggling to get good grounds at the moment. And, and you know, mate, I love the stats. Uh, give me some numbers on Timmy Oosterhoff, who's a former uh, best and fairest winner in the competition. He's back from WA. My intel is he's been absolutely unstoppable up forward. 
Yeah, it's been um, it was obviously really great that you know we knew he was always going to come home again from his spin in WA, and you know he made the decision before Christy that this would be the year, which put a pretty big smile on my face. And we've had the luxury of, you know, he played in the ruck for us a couple of years ago when he won the Elliot Davy, and we just had the luxury of having a young guy, Jai Booby, who's been in the ruck for us, and he's been doing great guns. So we thought, well, let's just put the big fellow, let's put Rooster in the square, and. And let him do his thing, and he's kicked, you know twenty seven goals in four games, and you know he's just proven a handful. He's you know he's <laughs> six foot five and one hundred and ten kilos, so he's he's a tough guy to handle. Well, he's, well, he's a plug and locker. So, so he's one hundred and ten now. Yeah. So when he went to WA, I reckon he might have been pushing ninety at the most. Oish. So he's put on yeah. some real muscle. He has, yeah, and it's and it's not like he's he's got no condition on him. He's he's he still moves around quite well. A lot of it's just he's just filled out. It was obviously a pretty young lad when he. When he was with us, he was only basically a teenager, and now he's just his body's matured, and yeah, he's got some he's got some weight to throw around. So it's it's a bit of a headache for for matchups for opposition teams, that's for sure. Mm. Shaq, uh, without comparing you to Gus Gould, it's like a, a five year plan at the Bombers for you. Um, you've been at the helm for is it around about three or four years now? Yeah, this is the start of the fourth, and and you're probably right. Like I, I not not about Gus Gould, but I mean in terms of. You know, having a plan, we knew that when I started there was probably some a lot of cultural stuff we wanted to do in the group and we had a really young list so we had time to, to kind of shape things and build the behaviours and the habits that we wanted and then we had some disruption seasons. Obviously we felt we lost you know, two seasons with COVID but now we've had a good influx of some senior players that we've gradually worked on the last couple of years to bring back to the club and we've just got a really good balance now with some really good juniors that are just early 20s that we've built these habits around and, and now some senior players, you know, with the return of Rick White and we've picked up some other handy ins and it's just given us some good balance and, I, yeah, I think we're in really good stead to, you know, hopefully have a have a shot at a bit of success over the next few years. Yeah, well, mate, I hope the five-year plan doesn't take seven years like Gus's did, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, and he's got a, I reckon he's got about a 15-year plan with the Bulldogs at the moment based on what they've been doing over the last few weeks. But, uh, Shaq, I just want to ask you, mate, in relation to... Uh, the contest today, what's going to be the key for you guys? Well, I think given it's potentially going to be a little bit wet, I think it's just, you know, in and around the contest. You know, we know that our Terrigal's really good uh, you know, at the stoppages and in, in tight. They're really good at just, you know, getting you on the outside and getting just quick handballs and then just hurting you from there. So we're really cautious and conscious that we have to have control around the stoppages. And then once we can do that, we know that we've got that firepower up front now. So we can, if we can get delivery out of the stoppages into the forward line, we feel like we've probably got... The Arsenal up there, um, but likewise, if it goes the other way. You know, Terry was so patient and good with the football that they can they can just pick you apart. You know, they're very very surgical almost. So, really big on accountability, and, and like I said, just winning around the stoppages is the key. I, I tell you, you've got a couple of players that have rapidly become legends at your footy club, and one one of them, of course, is Brendan Lewis. Uh, you got Josh Mifsud, I think. He may have made like you know one of the teams of the decade or the team of the half century or the quarter century. Is that correct? I mean, these are guys that have come through the juniors there and have just become club legends at Kalani Val Bombers. Yeah, and you're right about Josh, like both both Louis and, and, and Josh and also Rick White. They're all juniors that have come through and they're all, you know, a part of the I guess the Bombers all star forty year side and um you know, having Rick back this year and, and having, you know, Joshy Misfit in the midfield and, you know, Louis across half back. It's just um it's great one to have, you know, that that junior connection, but but also just to have them now as senior players. And Josh Misford's, and we we talk about him like he's thirty. Like he's played probably two hundred first grade games. He started when he was fourteen, and he's still only like you know twenty five. So yeah, it's um yeah. it's just ridiculous, mind boggling. You know how how long this guy's been around and how good he is. So you're right. We've 
we're super, we're super lucky with that, and you know, couple that with a couple of the recruits, and it's a, it's a good mix now. Yeah, and the other thing too, mate, is um, the Bond brothers will go up against each other. So Corbin with Terrigal and Calvin with the Bombers. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's been a, a bit of that the last couple of years, and I think Corbin for a while there was the skipper for for the Panthers, and and obviously Calvin being the younger brother. So um, I think there's always the battle for who's the better Bond, and um, I mean, I, I reckon I'm I'm thinking Corbin probably had him for the first few years, but I'm, I'm a big fan of, of Calvin for us. He's just a hard nut, and he'll probably relish the conditions today being a bit a bit muddy and a bit slippery. And his wife's actually due to have a baby, you know, basically now. So we're, I'm, I'm messaging him every five minutes, making sure she's she's holding on okay because we're really keen for him to run out today. So keep nah, those legs yeah. closed, mate. Tell yeah. her to keep those legs closed. <laughs> we're we're uh, getting the wind up wind up from the producer. You said about a battle between the brothers. There's a battle at NBN. Who's the best? AFL player at NBN TV. We've got the big bird who's uh, flown in from WA, yeah. Will DeFulvio. I think he's signed up with the Bombers. I don't know how they got him in the salary cap. He's about six foot eight, and uh, he's a ruckman from WA, but Steve-O's got him covered, hasn't he? <laughs> I would suggest he has, <laughs> well, it truly. Yeah, not, not for height, you know. But, uh, yeah, he goes around a right, the big fella. He, 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 played, he played up first grade for us the first couple of rounds. We had him at centre forward, and I think a few few teams worried about the size that he brings, but he's a uh, he's a great bloke and he um he knows his way around the field. But I'll have to say, Steve, only because we played together. I, I reckon you've still got his measure at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's right. That's what he wanted. To, he talks yeah. about the days back in Palm Beach, Columbia. <laughs> uh, Alan, versatile. Uh, you know, played at the highest level. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, it's not about me. The show's <laughs> no, not about no, me. Of hey, not. Uh, good luck this afternoon, mate. Going to be uh, fantastic. Uh, we love it. We love it when the uh, Central Coast teams will terrible, as you said. They've been a juggernaut, but we love it when the Bombers are up and about. So good luck this afternoon in the match of the round. Thanks, guys. Corey Shackleton joining us. We'll take a very quick break here. Then we're back with Simon Smythe to talk some more AFL. Nerida Stewart coming up around about 10.30, and we'll talk some swimming with the super coach, Graham Carroll, on Saturdays on the Coast. Robson Civil, with over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience. Visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land, the coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Live from Gosford Netball, we've been fortunate, Buttes. Uh, no rain whatsoever. No, we've been very lucky so far, but gee, it's cold, mate. It is cold. Yeah, I was just broadcasting from the wind tunnel. That is, yeah. got Gosford Nepal on a Saturday. Hey, can I see over there, are they cupcakes? Oh. Uh, the barbecue, which reminds me that uh, today's the election. You've got to vote today. You've got to vote. But what I will say, I did notice they've got a little uh, tap and go thing over there. So as soon as this show finishes, I'm heading over there. Saucy yeah. sandwich and a couple little cupcakes because... I've got a sweet tooth. And by the way, Buttes, uh, yeah, I've got a sweet tooth as oh, well. Uh, we're in two... I mean, I saw a lot of people voting first thing this morning at Berkeley Vale Primary School. Yep. Uh, my son, Corey, he's actually working at the election today at oh. Arimba Primary School. What's he doing? Is he handing out pamphlets? Let's hope not. Uh, so I think he's inside. He's got some kind of, you know, high-level role Official with the role. government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So the seat of uh, Robertson we're in today, uh, also the seat of Dobell. So I think they'll both be crucial in tonight's election. Uh, the latest news poll that came out says that Albanese still in front slightly, 53-47, but yeah, it's going to be tight. It'll it's be a tight gonna one. It's going to be tight. Um, good luck to all of the candidates. 
you know who just want to serve our community, right? Yes, they so are, correct. The incumbents, the Honourable Lucy Wicks in this electorate and Emma McBride, McBride yeah, yeah. at the north end of the coast. And, you know, we're lucky. We see our local politicians all the time, don't we? We know how hard they work. They're out and about and they're doing their bit. And, um, you know, I, I, I know they uh, have the best interests of the community at heart. And, you know, it's probably at times a thankless task, but they do do an amazing job and uh, certainly striving to improve uh, what's going on in this area, in this community. And, you know, I, we're very fortunate. No, I live. thought there might be a bit more pork barrelling for these two tight electorates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just let it go. Let let, it go. Let's, 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 let's leave politics behind us. Yeah, let's go straight to Simon Smythe oh, uh, from AFL New South Wales. Simon, good morning, mate. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting so long. Always happy to talk. Happy Election Day, guys. Just hearing you talk about it. Uh, big day for the country. Got to get up and about. But uh, nah, always lovely to talk with you both on a Saturday morning about sport. I tell you, you be a good politician. You yeah. are very diplomatic. And you're the chairman of the board with Sports Central Coast. Oh, what a wonderful board we have, Steve. Just uh, trying to keep you in check there, my friend. And uh, I think vice versa, you keep me in check as well, mate. So a lot of fun on our board, isn't it? Yeah. There'd be, there'd be hey. core flutes everywhere of Simon Smythe's head around the, uh, all around Central Coast. I'd yeah, we were uh, sending messages to each other last night. Carlton versus Sydney. What about that second quarter from the Blues? And they're in third place on the AFL ladder after wallowing. For so many years, the famous club is back up there behind Melbourne and Brisbane. They are up and about. And, and talking to people in Melbourne, Steve and Butts, they say that Melbourne is a better place to be when the big clubs, the Carltons, Richmonds, etc., are up and about. So unfortunately for our Sydney Swans, yeah, they've just hit a bit of a hole the last month. And I'm a little bit worried about them. Carlton's second quarter, where they kicked nine goals last night, Steve, was just absolutely exquisite. And, and, and the reason I'm worried about the Swans is... They're losing it at the coalface. So Carlton's first quarter, they were 22-plus contested possessions over the Swans. And a contested possession is if you're going for the ball and I'm going for the ball, who gets it as a contested possession? So the ball is in contest after contest after contest. And normally coaches look at the contested possessions as the key stat to see how their, how their team is attacking the contest. And Carlton, even though the Swans had a one-point lead at quarter time, Carlton were inaccurate in front of goal. They led that contested possession by a whopping 22 and went on to dominate uh, the second quarter with a big lead at halftime, which the Swans were never able to get back into. And, and that's over the last 20 years. We have known the Swans to be just a heavily contested footy team. They work so hard in the coalface. They've got their Luke Parkers and Josh Kennedys, etc. that just that's their bread and butter, and, and they don't have it at the moment. Uh, Steve, so I'm a little bit worried about the Swans. I think they'll still play finals, but if you look at Carlton being a top four team, the difference between Carlton and what the Swans brought to the table last night was quite was quite sparse. Yeah, and the Swans they've kind of lost touch. So Melbourne 36, Lions and Carlton 32, Frio on 28, Swans and St Kilda on 24. Richmond could join them. Geelong could join them this weekend. Swans have won two of their last five, yeah, and yeah. they've got the Tigers next. Yeah, when you lose three out of your last four games, it's always going to be tough, and you've got to turn that around somehow. Performance last night, uh, Smythe of uh, Kerno, five goals in the first half, finish bagging six. Uh, a massive performance on his behalf. And, you know, the job that Michael Voss has done with his Carlton side has uh, been instrumental. Yeah, I think you've mentioned really two really key names there. In Michael Voss has come and brought a real steely hard edge to the Carlton midfield. And that's how Vossie played uh, back in the 2000s for the Brisbane Lions, where 
he was such an inspirational captain and, and uh, captain of the Brisbane Lions to premierships in 01, 02 and 03. And, and Charlie Kernow, I, I look back and think David Teague as the, as the recently departed Carlton coach at the end of last season, he really didn't have access to Charlie Kernow. Kernow's been injured for three years and that was David Teague's tenure. So you feel, you know, if David Teague had Charlie Kernow and Harry Mackay up forward at his disposal, could he have been a different coach? Could Carlton have actually fast-tracked their development and, and gone up the ladder a lot faster than what they had? So he is an absolute star player, Charlie Kernow. He is solidly built, athletic, and you saw the goals that he kicked last night. He kicked goals from outside 50. He kicked snapshot goals. He kicked, you know, marks on the league, contested marks. He's actually got it all. And without Harry Mackay there last night, the Swans defenders knew the ball was going to Kernow, but they couldn't stop him. And as you said, Butte, six goals, five of them in the first half to set up the win. He's a superstar. And, and if you didn't believe in Carlton, start believing now because they are finals bound and top four bound. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And uh, when you said about Michael Voss, so the midfield he was part of, and you'd remember this, Butte. So, Simon Black. Uh, Simon Black, uh, Nigel Lappin, oh. Jason Ackermanis. Huh. Uh, wow. Uh, arguably, arguably Simon Smythe, one of the best midfields ever assembled. Yeah, they called them the Fab Four uh, back then, and it was hard to get into. And you, you throw Nigel Lappin in on top of that. I don't think he was part of the Fab Four, but he was certainly strutting his stuff up and down the wing at the Gabba. And they were, yeah, just a remarkable team. And you look back at that team, coached by Lee Matthews, and how many of those players, including Michael Voss, have gone on to have coaching careers. So, yeah, a great team that's then continued on uh, with their careers as coaches, Michael Voss being at the front of that at the moment, doing such a wonderful job at Carlton. And he looks like he's enjoying it too. Yeah, I, I want to touch on tonight's game, eh? Dreamtime at the G, uh, Richmond taking on Essendon. And you spoke earlier about, you know, when the, you know, when those uh, traditional clubs are flying, um, it doesn't matter with these two teams how they're going. There is going to be a massive crowd and they will come out in their numbers. Yeah, spot on, Buttes. And Sir Doug Nichols round. Such an important round. And, and the AFL, as other sports do, uh, are getting really good at recognising the important role that our Indigenous communities play within sport. Um, and Sir Doug Nichols, obviously, the first um, Aboriginal knighted in Australia, played for Fitzroy and was a really strong advocate for Aboriginal rights. And this dream time at the G, one, another idea or another brainchild of the great Kevin Sheedy and, you know, the long walk where people walk up to the... MCG, the lighting is fantastic. Uh, the, the show before the game is absolutely spectacular with ceremonies and, and Indigenous dances. And the game itself, Butes, as you said, it doesn't matter where they are on the ladder, they will come out to play it. And Richmond have probably gone under the radar. They're sitting in the top eight at the moment because all of the press this week, and certainly in the Melbourne media, has been around how poor Essendon have been and how, uh, how their effort was really lacking against the Sydney Swans at the SCG last Saturday night. So expect a real lift from them. But, yeah, I feel as though Richmond are just starting to, just starting to make a move now. Tom Lynch in great form. Dusty Martin being back for two weeks. He's kicking goals as well. They look ominous, scarily ominous for the Tigers, which is worrying for the rest of the competition. So tipping them to win tonight in a very, very special home and away game. Yeah, and by the way, there's some news about, uh, there's speculation, there's rumours about Dusty Martin coming to uh, Sydney, uh, which John Longmire dismissed uh, a couple of days ago. Simon, just two more quick ones for you, mate. GWS versus West Coast Eagles. So it's a two-pronged question. Leon Cameron bows out. 
Uh, and really well done by GWS the way they've done this. They really paid homage to him. Mark McVeigh from the Kalani Vale Bombers comes in as a first-time coach. And also, mate, uh, as you finish this answer, can you give a wrap to the podcast that you host with a former best on ground in a grand final? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks, Steve. Look, we'll touch on the on the judge. They just need to do whatever it takes to to get the four points um, against the West Coast Eagles. West Coast, bottom of the ladder, struggling with COVID and injuries. Everybody is aware of their issues. But the Giants, Mark McVeigh in his first games made seven changes, a lot of them through illness with Nick Haynes out being being ill and also Lockie Whitfield being injured in the midfield. So he's lost a couple of his key weapons. Um, but the Giants just need to do whatever they can to win and, and they should win Stephen Buttes. And Mark McVeigh, first AFL senior head coach, from the Central Coast. So he's put us on the map, and I love his press conference where he's come out and said, I've made a few changes, I'm doing things my way. And uh, I think that's really good because he's got an opportunity now. He's got 13 weeks to, to stamp his role on the job to be a senior coach at GWS or another club. Um, he's brought in people. He's brought in James Hurd and Dean Solomon, who were teammates of his at Essendon, to help him out. So he's got trusted people around him. Um, so now tipping the Giants, and they did, as you said, Steve, a wonderful uh, a wonderful, I guess, ceremony around Leon Cameron, and he's given 10 years of fantastic service, taking the Giants to a grand final. And I really appreciate the podcast. So play on uh, the Play On podcast. Uh, Ryan O'Keefe, 2012 Norm Smith medalist and two-time Premiership Swan. Uh, him and I run a bit of a podcast. We talk about all things AFL and New South Wales. Next week, we'll be focusing on Indigenous Round, and we may have a special guest in the name of Michael O'Loughlin who might be joining us. So really looking forward to talking to Mickey O, and uh, thanks for the plug, Steve. Yeah, sensational, All mate. Right. I, I tell you, Simon Smythe is he's, in great form. He's outstanding. Last week, he just took the whole show. I, I had three questions. That was it. <laughs> he just ran the whole show, mate. He's fantastic. Great to talk to you, mate. Exactly. Happy Election Day. Too much. Uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. <laughs> thanks, guys. Have a great day. Simon Smythe uh, from AFL New South Wales, also the chair of Sports Central Coast. We'll go to the news now. We'll come back with Nerida Stewart, yep. head coach of the Australian men's netball team. Graham Carroll as well to talk some swimming. Uh, Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back. We're live at Gosford Netball. Loving it. Uh, it's remiss of me. Thanks to Lockie for getting us on the air. And Roxanne, not to be confused with Rhiannon, uh, Roxanne, his trusty sidekick. And uh, great to see you. you guys like Batman and Robin. Uh, in fact, you should have the underwear outside your pants. Oh, hello. Well, hello. <laughs> <laughs> there might be some undergarments oh, going on. We, we poked the bear. Yeah, hey, oh, hello. Look yeah. who else is still with us. Talia Blanchard and Ray Anderson. They from, love it. From the Paramatildas. Great to have you two hanging out with us on this Saturday morning. Let's uh, talk some netball. Uh, speaking of trailblazers, we are talking about the oh. girls in the inaugural Cerebral Palsy yep. World Cup of football in Spain, running second to the United States. Well, Nerida Stewart fits that bill precisely with the Australian men's netball team. Good morning, Nerida. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, fellas. I, I leave you and haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks and you're already talking about underwear on the outside of your clothes. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm thinking about that new apparel for the uh, men's uh, netball side. How's that going to work? Not on my watch, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Led by the coach and team manager. 
No, hey, definitely hey. not. <laughs> Nerida, you would understand this. Uh, Butte and I, we're, we look like we're off to the snow oh. uh, in um, <laughs> on the South Island of New Zealand on a Saturday morning at Gosford Netball. Oh, look, that place seriously has its own weather system. It's like <laughs> either, you know, amazingly hot, like you're in the desert, or it's freezing cold like you're in the in the mountains. So I, I completely uh, understand that, and I'm glad I'm nice and warm in my study at home and you guys are battling the cold out there. <laughs> yeah, now I know you want to talk about the Swifts versus Lightning. 61 goals to 60. In particular, you want to talk about the two-point shootout. Oh, look, I think the Swifts and Lightning game was just an absolute um, battle in itself, and... and uh, I think this two-point shot, look, originally when the, the two-point shot came out, I, I was a bit of a traditionalist. But watching it this season in such a really close-knit competition, I think it's sort of making or, or breaking teams. You've got, you know, the lights of a, of a Swiss team with your Helen Housies and Sophie Fawns and, and Kelly Singleton that can bomb the, thing, the, the goal from anywhere, which makes that last super shot period really important to their, their team. And then the other night, the display from, you know, young rookie Matisse Leatherborough, who'd come on for, for Joe Harton in the Giants and, and sunk seven super shots to get them back mm. to a, a tied game and going into extra time for the first time this round. So it's really shifted the dynamics of the game. And I've, I've actually found myself really enjoying it. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, Could I you... Butte and I, we're, you know, jumping over each other to ask a question here, but Sophie Fawns, so... Correct me if I'm wrong, but is she a teenager from Wagga? So uh, in this one-goal win, she shoots eight from eight, including two from three super shots. I mean, haven't we found an absolutely amazing young lady? And just on Helen Housby, 40 from 43 and one from two from long range. I know. Look, Sophie, yes, you're right. She's a, she's a young Wagga girl. She finished a HSC last year and made the move to to Sydney and um, has taken uh, taken up the opportunity originally as, as a training partner or a, or a bench player. And then with the loss of Sam Wallace, she had this opportunity to step up. And she's, you know, you talk about when players get that opportunity to grab it and run with it. And Sophie's done that. And she's going to be a player of the future. And, I, you know, I, I dare say in an Australian uniform down the track, um, but such a beautiful young woman as well, like... To see a, a player out on an apple court smiling constantly in games that are so pressured um, makes you realise how much she loves playing. And um, you're right, Helen Housby, I think she's sitting at the top of the ladder for the super shots too at the moment um, in the competition. So she's sitting at, I think, 39. And but Joe Harton's chasing her down at 38. So it's um, going to be interesting to see who, who tops that at the end of the competition. Nerid, I want to talk about the super shot. And, you know, obviously, you know, as a traditionalist, you're probably, you know, playing the game and, and go, okay, well, you know what, it's one point no matter where you get it from. But it's added a whole new dimension to the game. Do we see that being filtered down into the lower tier levels um, or do we just maintain what is in place at the moment? Look, there's, there's been a lot of conversation around this and it stemmed originally from when it first came into, into the elite high-performance space. And it was it, essentially they were using it at fast five competitions and then it filtered into a few test matches and then it made its way to, to Suncorp. I can't see that happening sort of at grassroots level um, anytime soon. I think it's one of those... It's like 2020 cricket. It gives a new dimension to certain competitions and I think it has a place for that. 
Um, yep. I don't think that at that lower level, it's something that they would want to embrace at this point because, you know, essentially they're, they're developing spaces down, down in that sort of, I suppose, bottom region of, of our pathway. And, and that's where you're developing all your fundamental skills. I, I would probably be disappointed if I saw it put into those competitions because it would just become sort of an accepted thing and it wouldn't be as exciting as what it is in these in these big competitions. So, um, you know, it does shift the dynamics. It becomes a more tactical game when, when you've got that involved. So mm-hmm. I think, it, it, for my liking, I would love to see it stay where it is. I think it's in its perfect arena at the moment. I like, I like your theory. Hey, Nerida, uh, we've got a couple of final questions. Uh, the top four go at it this weekend. So Swift's away to the Vixens. Giants away to the Fever. So that is the top four in the competition. Obviously, I want to get your thoughts and analysis on those games. But before we do that, we were talking about Election Day earlier. Mm. Now, let's start thumping the desk. You want more funding, regardless of who gets into power. (laughs) That would be fantastic. (laughs) Absolutely fantastic. Look, I, I think for me, I come from an era of netball where you know, we, we weren't paid as female athletes, but there wasn't a lot of cost involved for us. I think I remember at the back end of my career getting a $2,000 check that bought a dining table for me. But I think that, you know, the men's netball space that I'm currently involved in, um, there's no funding. It's a self-funded um, sport. And we've got some of our Australian athletes having to fork out over $10,000 a year just to play the game at, at that level. Um, and it just proves how much they're dedicated and they love the sport. But it would be really great to get a bit more funding from that public and private sector to put these fellas in a space where they can train on, equ- on an equal platform and perform just as well as, as the girls, as we have seen for you know the female sports. We're really pushing to get those on that same platform as the males. So, uh, yeah, definitely we'd love to see a bit more funding to really embrace the program and, and deliver the quality products we want to for these boys. Yeah. All right. Hit us with your predictions. So the top four go at it. Swiss v Vixens, uh, that game today and tomorrow, Giants away to the fever. Oh, I, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to go um, Vixens over Swiss. I think Vixens, are, for me, the team to beat this year. I think they're, they're just unbelievably... Um, you know, balanced in their performance and consistent week in, week out across the court. Although Swifts are really starting to fire, Bronny has this brilliant oppor- uh, brilliant ability to bring a team, you know, peaking at the right time of the year. So, but I'm going to go Vixens with that one. And the Giants Fever game, I'm going to go Fever. I don't know whether Giants are, are going to be able to battle the, the shooting end with, with their defence end, but I, I'm sure it'll be a pretty good, close fight given that they've got the powerhouse of Joe Hart and Stacey Dwyer down the other end that'll be sinking two, two-pointers from all over the place. So um, it'll be a tight game, but I think um, Fever will take it. So yeah. good hey, point, uh... New South Wales Hart. I've gone with a Victorian and a Western Australian team, which is, you know, I'll probably cop the wrath for that. Hey, so nice to have you back on the show, though. Uh, yeah, and we'll make sure we let everyone know that they can hear your predictions on the SEN app, uh, on the Catch-Up podcast, a uh, little later on today. Uh, great to have you on the show. We'll catch you live in person sometime soon. And uh, thanks again for joining us. 
Thanks so much, fellas. Stay warm. Get yourself a nice hot cup of chocolate, and uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you soon. <laughs> Nero Stewart joining us, uh, former New South Wales Swiss player, nowadays the coach of the Australian, Australian men's Australian men's netball yes. team. Off to a break. We'll talk some more swimming. The Australian Championships are on. Woody is in action in the 100 backstroke tomorrow. He's already won a medal in the 200 backstroke. We'll talk more about that in a few moments' time. Uh, the show, all thanks to Robson Civil Projects. Actually, speaking of Robsons, let me go to the McDonald Jones Homes text line. Yes. And we got a text from uh, a great fan of the show. Hi, boys. I took the show to Dubbo last week. Yeah. And now I brought it to Shoal Bay, beautiful Nelson Bay area, for my daughter Hannah's 21st birthday. Fergie. I've got no doubt it's Fergie, isn't it? Saturday's on the coast, spreading its tentacles. Around New South Wales. Fergie, great to have you on board. We, and uh, We sent him a shout-out last week to the team out there at Dubbo because they, uh, they were listening to the podcast, uh, listened to the show. Uh, we sent him a shout-out. And I've got another text, believe it or not, from uh, Bluey, a.k.a. The Narc, yeah. who said, what about the performance? In fact, he said, first of all, said, love the show. <laughs> Secondly was, what about the kick from Mitchell Moses? He's a big yeah. Parramatta fan, and he absolutely loved it. Yeah, sensational kick. <laughs> I do, I do feel like uh, Manly got robbed. Steve-O's not happy on this Saturday morning. What about the tackle on the winger, Butes? What can he do? The winger's falling. Mate, you can't do anything. It's, and his technique was perfect. This is where I talk about... Uh, it was going to be all shoulder. Careless, intentional, reckless. There's a thing called uh, accidental uh, or um, incidental. And on that occasion, mate, there's nothing... There, there's no carelessness in what that play did. Uh, what about the forward pass from Junior Parlor? Oh, yeah. Missed by everyone. Mate. Anyway, Parramatta get the job done. Twenty-two twenty. They get out of jail. Sensational sideline conversion by Mitchell Moses. Correct. And the big thing is, big talking point will be topping Turbo and the injury, and you know what that looks like for Manly and you know clearly New South Wales. On a lesser scale, injury to Jackson Hastings mm. after a five-star performance against the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Looked like the Bulldogs could win that. Aaron Shop sent to the sim bin for ten. Tough to Tigers pounce. Tough, tough call that to be sim bin for that because that again change the whole game. So, yeah. really tough situation. Off to a commercial break. Back shortly. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au BJ Howes Metal Land. The coast's tradies choice for tools, steel, oh. gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Live at Gosford Netball on this Saturday, we thank the club again, Belinda Beresford, for making this happen. Also, the great Rebecca Rodwell. Uh, thank you so much for uh, organising all of this for us. And we've got a beautiful marquee here right alongside the barbecues. Highlights of the Magic Round Buttes. So I was up there last weekend. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, sellout on the Saturday night. Yeah. Huge crowds on the Friday and also the Sunday. The pass from Murray to Lungy. I think I said on the microphone, he was almost in the first row of the grandstand. It was unbelievable. One of the best passes I've seen in my life. It's as good as I've seen. You know, sorry, sorry, mate. It's as good as I've seen in terms of, like, we see the theatrics, we see the acrobatics of these players and what they're able to do is going to score tries. He was outside the field of play <laughs> and still had the presence of mind to throw a pass from a near impossible position and it went inside a drink water who, you know, all he had to do was catch the ball and fall over the line, which he did and did it well. But the pass, you know, they're comparing it to the Benji Marshall flick pass, they're comparing it to the, the Greg Inglis over the back to Mark Gaznia. 
This surpassed them yeah. too yeah. easily. I've never seen anything like it yeah. in my life. Yeah, and uh, Scotty Drinkwater, the pride of Terrigal. What, what a season he's having. So who wins that game tonight? Cowboys on fire yeah. up against the Melbourne Storm up in Townsville. Look, my th- well, you know what? They're four or five in a row, the Cowboys. They're in sensational form. The Storm lost last week um, comprehensively. Uh, to the Panthers, and, and the Panthers are outstanding. I know they've still got their injury concerns, the uh, the Storm, but they don't lose back-to-back games that often, and that's the only reason I'm picking them, just based on the fact that um, they have got that ability to back it up, and, and they would have been really disappointed, as would have the, the coach, and he'll have them fired up and ready to go, and it doesn't matter what side you put out there for the Melbourne Storm this week, they're going to be a formidable uh, opposition. You know what? I'm going against you, Buttes. Still no Pappenhausen and no Jerome Hughes. It's a big loss. So, I've got to tell you, you could tell the difference last week, Steve, in a quality game against quality opposition. And it's no disrespect to Johns and Wishart, but you could just tell the difference. And, and you know, they had big shoes to fill, no doubt about it. Um, but they, um, yeah, they, they yeah, were a long way behind. And at the Magic Round, Harry Grant had a very rare mm. off night. Off to a break. We'll come back and wrap this all up in a few moments. Live from Gosford Netball, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil. With over 60 years of leading civil constructions experience, visit robsoncivilprojects.com.au. BJ Howes Metal Land. The Coast's tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast. Yeah, welcome back live at Gosford Netball. And uh, thanks to Adam back at headquarters steering the ship. Doesn't he do a superb job? Mate, fantastic. It was great last week, I've got to say. Outstanding. Two words, mate. Outstanding. Just trying to see where his bunnies are this weekend. So the blockbuster tonight, as well as North Queensland versus the Roosters, is uh, uh, North Queensland versus Melbourne, is the Roosters up against the Panthers. Yep. And then Rabbitohs v Raiders. So that's tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Raiders so, after a big win against the Sharks last week. And, and Buttes, we're looking at the Premier League. So tonight's the night. Uh, 1 a.m. It all gets underway. Is it tonight, is it? So we'll know tomorrow morning who the uh, Premier League champions are. Oh, actually, I it's, it it's go, rolling into Monday morning, Monday morning, isn't it? Yeah, Monday morning, I think. Yeah, know. so 1 a.m. Man City and Liverpool. One point separating them. So Liverpool... You know what amazes me about this EPL? Yeah. Is that how many years have we seen it go down to the final game? And it's here again. That's the exciting thing about the promotion, relegation. <laughs> That's the exciting thing about, you know, first past the post. Yeah. We're here. And um, you know what? They get all play at the same time. That, that is the wind-up music. Yeah, I know. It's coming, <laughs> mate. It's coming. I get it. Uh, Liverpool versus Wolves. Man City versus Aston Villa. There's permutations for the bottom three as well. But we haven't got time to go into all of that. Uh, thanks again to all of our guests. Uh, Roycey Simmons doing the ah, Dementia Walk. Outstanding. Thanks to Ray Anderson, Talia Blanchard. Oh, brilliant. Thanks to Lockie and Roxanne, the dynamic duo, as I like to call them. <laughs> thanks to Adam back at HQ. If you missed the show, there's the Catch-Up podcast. We'll catch you next week, Saturdays on the Coast.